The Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association presents Top of the Stretch, a podcast that looks at harness racing in the Buckeye State. Our guest today on Top of the Stretch is a man of 49 years of age who started driving at the age of 25. He was one for seven with earnings of just $340 in that first year. Those totals have reached now a figure of 645 wins and 2,987 drives with horse earnings of $2,035,069. In just his first year in the state of Ohio, he won 18 of 120 drives and was one of the top drivers on the Ohio Fair Circuit. Our guest today is Ronnie Gillespie. Ronnie, it's a pleasure being with you today on Top of the Stretch. Yes, it's a pleasure talking to you, Mr. Ron. Uh, never thought I'd get a chance to speak speak with a man like you, but it's, it's a privilege <laughs> to talk to you today. Well, I'm just an old country boy born and raised in Xenia, Ohio. So uh, you were actually born in uh, Chicago, Illinois. How did you make your way to Macon, Mississippi? Well, my father, he was actually born in Mississippi. He's a native of Mississippi. And my mother, she actually is from Chicago. So uh, by my dad being from the South, was looking for a better job. He moved north. Uh, he had a sister state in Chicago, so he moved north. And that's how he met my mother. And he was calling to the ministry and, and, and saw that as a need to uh, go back to Mississippi and and minister to the people, so and that's that's how you end up back in Mississippi. What was your first recollection of harness racing? Oh, uh, when I was around about the age of eleven or eleven, twelve years old, uh, my dad he 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 always loved to hunt his horses because when he went to Chicago, he happened to go to Sportsman's when Sportsman was going hot on, and he happened to go out there, and, and he fell in love with it, like like the scenery, and he decided to, when we moved back to Mississippi, to buy a hunted horse, and I was too young and too small to, to really drive it, and I just always loved it, and when I got around about 17, he finally turned me over and let me start working the horse, and and I just really fell in love with with the den. So, about twelve years old when I got sort of got introduced to it. Seventeen, probably my first ride. Now, that introduction to harness racing in Mississippi. Is there a lot of harness racing? Uh, I, I know the purses aren't that much down there, but is there a lot of harness racing involvement by a lot of people in Mississippi? Yes, uh, in the in the area of Jackson, uh, Texas, uh, I say uh, in Macon, a small town called Macon, Mississippi, which is about twenty miles from Mississippi State University, and it's 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 a lot of horses standard bred is in Mississippi. Like you say, we uh, we don't run for any money. Uh, what we did Sunday out here at Greenville, that is what we do at home. And so I was right at home Sunday when we had the man made here because I've been doing that for, ooh, I probably did that for 10 years before I even got introduced 
to any money. So uh, it's a lot of horses. A lot of people have jobs. They're not able to come and race for real money. So I I thought I had enough talent to uh, to make a living out of it. So I came to Illinois and been doing it ever since. Now, your first drives were in Philadelphia. Now, is that in Mississippi? Yes, that's the only uh, county fair ground that we have in Mississippi. Uh, they 20 years ago, that was the only fair ground. We, we, we all, you know, had a home track, but that was the only real track that we had for, for years, probably for 50 years. And so that's the only thing that I knew is, Philadelphia, Mississippi, we ran for five, four hundred, three hundred dollars but it wasn't about the money. It was just the glory back, back then. And after I got out of high school, I found out that um, that I either had to get a job or I was going to have to take it more serious. So that's when I decided to leave Mississippi and race for more professional. 1997, you had that uh, very first win of your career. Do you remember the name of the horse and how fast you went? <laughs> I tell you what, you're sharper than I because no, I don't. I I, I can't remember. I I have no clue what horse it was uh, or what. I I didn't even know it was back in '97, so I have no clue. <laughs> okay, I'm going to fill you in on it. It was on August the fourth, 1997, and the horse was Bose. Sabra, the purse wow. was four hundred dollars. You made uh, made for the owner one hundred and eighty dollars because they were paying forty five percent to the winner, and the time was two oh eight. Ronnie uh, Gillespie, Bo Sabra, two oh eight, and your harness racing career was underway. Wow, you may not believe it. We bought that horse at a. At a at an auction sale barn, uh, the guy was getting rid of the horse at a at a at a uh, cow auction. He was holding the horse there, and my father actually bought the horse. And he asked me, "Did I want the horse?" I said, "No, he don't. I don't want him." And uh, the, uh, one of my friends said, "I take him," and, and I remember the horse very well. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was your first win. Now you got. Uh... 645 uh, under your belt. Is there one win in your career that stands out over all the others? Yes. Uh, I won the Maywood Pace. That 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 win, uh, that, that's, that, that race was going for $100,000 was my first six-figure race that I raced at Maywood Park, and I would never forget that. That, that. That was one of my highest glorious times, you know, that that's, that's, you know, I, I always wanted that opportunity to, to really show that I had what it, you know, what it took to do it. And Nan Turner from from uh, Decatur, Illinois, she gave me that opportunity, and I didn't let her down. Did you also train a number of horses when you were in Illinois, racing at Balmoral and Hawthorne and Maywood and such? But didn't you kind of like to catch drive? Oh, I love to catch drive. If I could just if I could just be a catch driver, I I would love it because it takes more stress off of me because I'm more comfortable. I'm at home. 
when I'm out there, I, I can relate with the other drivers. I, I, I'm really comfortable when I'm driving. Training is more stressful because, you, 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 I mean, you tra- I'm training like 15 horses now, and every one of them have a different personality, and you, you, you have to stay on top of them. Then you have to deal with a lot of different owners. They have different attitudes. You, you got to explain this and that. So it's a lot more stress in training. Driving is it's more of a gift, and if you have it, it's just like getting up, putting on your pants. I mean, you it 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 it, 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 it you ride at home. Now, right at home, you raced in Illinois for a number of years, and Indiana out at Hoosier Park as well. Why did you make the move to the Buckeye State here in Ohio? Uh, might not believe it. Uh, guy back at home. Uh, he's passed on now. Uh, his name is Mr. Tom Wibble. He he saw me training one day, and he stopped in and introduced himself. And he told me, and that was back in in the two, early 2000s, he told me, he said, son, he said, you're very gifted. He said, go to Ohio. He said, you fit perfect at Ohio, your style of driving. And I was afraid being a young young guy, didn't know anyone in Ohio, and I was afraid to go. He said, I'll make sure that I introduce you to some people. And he said, I used to train over there. He said, I'll introduce you to some people that would take care of you. And I wouldn't do it and stayed in Illinois. Then I, I went to Indiana, like you said, and, and uh, I was so close to Ohio. Uh, a, a gentleman by the name of Mr. Bill Donovan, he bought an Ohio bread when they first started, uh, you know, started the program, and I came over, and I said, oh, this is not that bad. And and then the, the following year, about about two or three years later, I ended up buying the Ohio bread, and that which came to last year, and they have a good program. What I mostly like about Ohio, you just it's not a one track that you only can make one money at one track. It, I mean, you got a five eight, you have a half mile, you got fares, and the money is great everywhere. So you don't have to have a great horse to make money. All you have to have a decent horse that'll stay flat, and you can make money here. So that's that helps the small man all the time. Throughout your career, you've uh, trained a few horses, and a lot of those horses you've sold, uh, maybe even before they get to the races, uh, people like the looks of them, and, or they send them to you to get them ready for racing. Uh, you have been pretty successful doing that, though, haven't you? That's been my biggest success. Is, uh, that's one of the habits that a lot of people have been trying to get me out of, they more or less trying to get me to keep the horse and race them more, but mm-hmm. I had more. I have had more success selling horses, and and I have built a reputation, you know, all over the world that people know, you know know me for selling. And like you said, I have when I train them down around about when I get down to around March, April, I have a lot of people in New York, Pennsylvania. They will call me and see what I have. I send them a video, and. I never, I never even get a chance to even qualify the horses. They, they bound, they bound from me right then and there. Uh, I have a horse that racing now. He's an Indiana bred that I never raced. Uh, I trained him down to two fifteen. Guy called me up by the name of Mr. Barry Charles. 
The horse's name is Horsin' Around. He bought the horse from me, and horse never raced in Indiana, always raced on the New York and Pennsylvania circuit, and he'd have made over 300000 And, I mean, so I have built a real good reputation of selling horses. I had a horse by the name of Captain Muzak. He's racing in Pennsylvania now. I, he's the most expensive horse I, I sold. I sold him for 105000 now, you told me, I believe, uh, when I was talking to you yesterday, uh, you still go back to Mississippi uh, end of November and stay there until March or April. Is that the normal routine for you? Yes, correct. Uh, I, I, if, if I drove more, I was I probably would move move up like to Ohio or wherever I drove, but I I. I do so well with babies, and a lot of people know me, you know, you know by training babies. So either they'll send me some, or I buy, you know, I buy four or five, and and I head back south and train them, train them up. I I just do so well with two and three year olds. So with age horses, I never took it serious enough, like the claiming game and uh, uh, just overnight with age horses. I never did it serious enough to. Uh, to really stay up during the winter. So when we buy the babies in October, November, I, I'm just about getting ready to head home. Now, we had the matinee at uh, Greenville the other day. Uh, you had wins with two of your own horses. Uh, tell us something about them. The three-year-old Colt Pacer ST Road Tropper by Always a Virgin. Uh, it was a winner uh at Greenville and one fifty nine. What kind of a horse is he? He's 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 a developing uh type of horse right now. He's he's just now learning. I didn't race him as a two year old. He had some he had a few problems and I, I saw that he had the potential so I turned him out, brought him back as a three year old and he's coming back real well. I w I wouldn't say he's a sour steak horse, but he's gonna be a very nice raceway horse. Uh the other horse that I'm training for Dr. Susie from Pennsylvania, uh, he's a Fred and Junior. Has a lot of talent. Uh, he's he's in the, he's he's gonna make a nice horse. I can't quite say if he's a sour steak horse, but he's a very nice horse. He wants to do it, and I think he's gonna be all right. Now you got a two-year-old gelding pacer, Naked and Be Afraid uh, by Fred and Ginger. Uh, he was a winner in two o eight and three. Uh, at Greenville, how's he doing? Yes, yes, he, he he's 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 going to be. I think he's going to be a nice coat. He's he's done he done everything I have asked him to do. Uh, I I trained him before I mandated him. I trained him around two seven. So uh, I'm going to train him back tomorrow. I'm going I'm, I'm going to carry him to Indiana and train him on the big track. Well, he's about three weeks out. Uh, I think that he's, you know, we we never know if they top horses until we put them behind the gate in an actual race. But as of right now, he has done everything right. Well, you know, um, Sunday at Greenville, uh, you had nine drives. And was it Dalton Walls that uh, you made a little bet with? Yes, uh yeah, he, and it was just really playing around, joking. Uh, he told me if I can win uh, 
eight out of nine, he would buy me a steak dinner. <laughs> so I didn't have anything to lose. Uh, I didn't even really know what all I was even driving. And and it seemed to work right out. He 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 still said that he can't believe it, but <laughs> but it worked right in my favor. <laughs> uh, you hold him to it. You make him buy you that steak dinner now. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, you've been you've been around a while, and and I know you you look like the type of guy that eats the finest steak. So uh, if you can tell me what's the finest steakhouse around here. I, I really appreciate it. <laughs> Well, we'll tell you exactly uh, one time. We'll, we'll check them out, and we'll tell you which one's the best in the near future. Uh, okay. As far as uh, racing this year, you're going to spend a lot of time at the county fairs, I would presume. Oh, yeah, that's that's one, going to be one of my biggest things, uh, uh, helping uh, guys like Ryan, uh, Dalton, uh, the people at Greenville, uh, helping them with their babies. I've been helping quite a few of them. Uh, lately, so uh, uh, my biggest start will be starting out at the fans, and uh, hopefully that I may have one or two uh, Buckeye or Sour State Corps. I'm hoping for for it. If not, uh, I'm, I, I don't I don't feel bad being at the fans because the money is good, and and that's what it's all about: having fun, making a little money. Well, Ronnie, we appreciate you. I know you're training horses today, and we just. Uh, you just got off the racetrack just a few minutes ago, and so you got to get back out there and uh, train some more to even today. Uh, we'll see yes. you along the fair circuit somewhere during the season. And, of course, uh, for anybody listening out there and you need a, a driver at the county fairs and he's there, we highly recommend Ronnie Gillespie. Ronnie, good luck to you. And I appreciate it. And it's a privilege talking to the Hall of Famer. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to Top of the Stretch. Top of the Stretch podcasts are a presentation of the Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association. 